Welcome to Encouraging Truths for Today. We're glad to bring you this message from First Baptist Church in Crockett, Texas. Now please join us as we learn to grow deeper in our relationship with God and each other. I want to ask you a question this morning. What are you watching? Watching is such a central part of our lives, isn't it? Some of us are watching carbs and calories. Some of us are watching gaming and podcasts and YouTube, TV, TikTok, the news, the weather, sports, investments. The list could go on and on of what we're watching. But the question's deeper than that. What are you spiritually watching? What is constantly under the gaze of your eye guarding yourself to be what God wants you to be. Guarding your thoughts, guarding your heart, guarding your words, what are you watching? The reality is, spiritually, if you're not watching, you're, you're a spectator, not a soldier. Because in Ephesians 6 today, we're going to find that if you're really a spiritual soldier following Christ, it requires a high level of watchfulness in your life spiritually. So today I want us to talk about watching and praying. So let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look again at verse 18, but we are going to read it in its context beginning in verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Beginning in verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren. Let's just pause there for a moment. He's speaking to people who have been the recipients of God's love in Christ. They are children of God through a relationship with the Father through Christ and dwelt by the Holy Spirit poured into them by the love of God. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemings of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand and withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance. 
Let's pray together. Father, we are very aware that those who begin well don't always finish well. We know that to become careless and casual in our faith could make us a casualty. And so, Father, I pray that you would teach us from your word and give us insight into how to watch and to pray. And so I do pray that you would speak through me because unless you speak, I have nothing at all to say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as the passage builds there through the spiritual armor, the thing that pulls it all together is that focus of prayer that we have to lead in. So we are gifted with the spiritual armor by God. We are called upon to have those things in place. And then as we go into battle, carrying the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, prayer becomes somewhat of the battlefield. That's the the front line of the battle in our lives. In any uh, military conflict, one of the first goals and aims is to knock out communications. It's the same in spiritual warfare. If If God can communicate with us, As we live behind enemy lines and serve him in the spiritual battle, we receive power, we receive direction and guidance. But if if Satan can knock out that communication, then we are very vulnerable and helpless, aren't we? And so I think based on those words, with all perseverance, watch to this end. There are three things that we have to do. First of all, Always be alert. Always be alert. Now think about the last time physically you were trying to stay awake and be alert. It might have been while you were driving, hopefully not. It might have been when you were watching a, a, a movie and you, you were wanting to stay awake or you were watching Uh, the NBA playoffs on the West Coast and it's late and you're trying to stay awake to watch the end of the game, whatever it might be. And you realize that you are, are there, but you're not alert to what's going on. One time I remember something funny that happened in my life is I uh, fell asleep in my chair which is, is very common. Our youngest son was still at home, and he handed me my remote control and said, Dad, the phone's for you. And I put it to my face and said, hello. And then I realized it felt more like the remote control than a phone. But I was completely disoriented at that point because I wasn't alert. And some people live their lives spiritually that way. So the the root word here for watching means vigilant alertness. 
vigilant alertness, where you are intensely engaged in the moment. You are focused on the battle at hand to be intensely involved and vigilantly alert. But then it says, watching to this end. That's referring to the passage just behind it, the the few words just behind it, praying always. And in every situation, every season, every juncture of your life, praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the Holy Spirit, driven and filled by Him, Watch to this end. Watch for opportunities to pray. Watching against those things which would hinder your prayer. And then it says, with all perseverance, persistence, or that word in the Greek means unremitting continuance. Something you're just not ever going to quit. Not ever going to stop. You see, it's always a good time to pray. There's never a bad time to pray. And there's never a good time not to pray. Because once you step out of that context of prayer in your life and you're not walking in the Spirit and you're not guarding your heart prayerfully, living your life, not always walking around with your head bowed and your eyes closed, but always living with that sense of the presence of God within you and around you, aware of His activity and the enemy's maneuverings. That's what he's talking about, just that spiritual alertness. Be always alert. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, you find these words from Paul uh, to his young disciple. You, therefore, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Another translation says no one gets involved in civilian affairs. Picturing you you don't want to get distracted. So the Apostle Paul says, be, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and endure hardship. Uh, that would involve spiritual battle in your life. And then he gives the key. No one engaged in warfare gets involved in civilian affairs because he wants to please his commanding officer. Now, sometimes we can get distracted by good things, can't we? It it can be something that's good, but it's not what God has chosen for you to be involved in in that moment. So he's saying, don't get distracted, but keep your eyes on Christ. Follow his commands. Follow his direction. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life as a good soldier. Don't get involved in needless things around you, but stay focused on pleasing your commanding officer. Here's what one commentator said about that phrase, being watchful. Without watchfulness, prayer 
and all the spiritual armor will be ineffective. Without watchfulness, prayer and all the spiritual armor will be ineffective. That's how crucial this watching component is. To watch and to pray is a key. So I ask you, what's dulling your spiritual alertness? It may not be happening right now in your life. You might be very acutely alert spiritually right now, but when it begins to be dulled and you begin to become spiritually drowsy and not quite as alert, what is it that causes that? Well, at the very heart, it's possibly a shift of your focus from Christ onto yourself or onto someone else rather than him or something else. So always be alert. Then secondly, always be aware. There's a common greeting that we say, what's going on? Well, what does that mean? It's empty, like, how are you? And then we're frustrated if somebody really takes up our time telling us how they're really doing. But but what's going on is a key question spiritually. What's going on within you? Are you guarding your heart? Are you, are you passionate about Christ? Are you fanning the flame of your devotion for him in, in focused, private prayer and time in the Word? What, what's going on in you spiritually? What's going on around you spiritually? Are you aware of the lostness around you, or have you become blinded and numb to that? Are you aware of the hurting and the pain around you spiritually, or, or have you been blinded by that? Or are you just aware of physical needs and not seeing beyond that that there is a deeper spiritual need that must be met, especially that need of salvation? That's part of watching and, and praying. As I'm connected with God and as I'm walking in that open-ended conversation with Him and, and actively acting on His presence, he, he is able by His Holy Spirit to sensitize me to what's going on inside me and around me, and it opens doors for me to see God bring victory not only in my life but in the lives around me. And after all, isn't that what we would love to see? So the question is, are you always aware? Do you ever let your guard down? Do you ever try to take a day off spiritually? It it never works. The deeper question is, are you developing spiritual discernment? Uh, Do you recognize what is of God and what is not of God? Do you recognize what God is doing, and are you aware of how Satan is competing and and attacking that? Too many people who claim to be Christians are unarmed and unaware. 
That's why this passage is so crucial in our day. It's easy for someone to claim the name of Christ, but spending much time with them, you might discover that there's, there's nothing of the fruit of the Spirit. There's no sense of that spiritual armor of righteousness and, and truth and readiness to share the gospel. There's, there's not that grip on the sword of the Spirit that Paul is describing here. They're not living with the shield of faith, but they're living in fear And it calls completely into question whether that word Christian means anything to them at all. That's why we would choose to ask, are you a follower of Jesus? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the one that's shaping you and guiding you? And so our goal is to be armed and aware. To just be aware is not enough. To just be armed is not enough. As believers, we have to be armed with the spiritual armor from God's armory, and we have to be aware of His guidance in our life to be what He wants us to be. So are you armed and are you aware? That's what those words would cause us to think about. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance. So always be alert, always be aware, and always be attentive. Being attentive means to to not only be aware of something, but, but to give it your attention maybe your undivided attention. The word watching in the Greek language also has the connotation of incessant attentiveness. Incessant attentiveness. Now, when, when Deanna and I were in college and she was chasing me all over campus, What, like, wait, it was opposite to that. When I was chasing her all over camp, I was giving her my incessant attention. I, I, wanted, I wanted to know what was going on, how she was doing. I wanted to spend time with her. She uh, really consumed my mind because I really sensed that God had brought her into my life. And I was crazy about her. Today, I still believe God brought her into my life, and I am still crazy about her. But the picture here is, when something grips the passion of your life, it causes that incessant attentiveness. And if if Christ has gripped your heart, if you are passionate about Him, Even in the best of relationships, it is centered on him, and he has your incessant attentiveness. When he speaks, you listen. When he moves you, you follow. When he calls you, you go. You have that attentiveness to him in prayer. Always be attentive. In Colossians chapter 4, just two books over to the right from Ephesians, Colossians chapter 4, 
You find that same word, it's translated in the New King James I'm reading from as the word vigilant. But it says, continue earnestly in verse 2 of chapter 4, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving or being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, I don't know where everybody is spiritually, but have you become weary? Have you become disillusioned, maybe? Have you somehow become negligent? Or have you become complacent? That battle never stops. It never stops. The battle to to stay focused and faithful never, never, ever stops. And in ways, it it ramps up the the longer you follow Christ. Because the, the more you follow Christ, the greater the influence you have. And the greater the target is on your heart from the enemy. But we might think even people in ministry, well, I I can take some shortcuts here because everything I do is for Jesus. Well, that that doesn't justify a shortcut. It, It doesn't justify negligence or complacency. You know, every, every week I, I write a new sermon because I never want to be complacent. I, I never want to bring microwaved truth. I want it to be fresh from the presence of God and from my own walk with Him. And that's a very humbling focus for me because I, I don't want to stumble. I, I don't want to cut corners. I, I don't want to give in. And so, whatever way you're serving Christ, it's not about what you do for Him. It's about what He does through you. And that requires great watchfulness. To know when that moment is to present the gospel, that that moment there where you have an opportunity to pray with and over someone. If we're not careful, we start compromising, drifting, sinking into sin, and it's so subtle and so gradual that we hardly even notice it. There's an old illustration of that. You put a frog in a kettle of water on the stove and you begin to heat the water up. There for a while, the frog just thinks he's being blessed with a heated pool. But eventually, that boiling water can take his life. And he doesn't ever see the need to jump out of the kettle. Why? 
He's become acclimatized to his environment. And that's very dangerous spiritually, isn't it? Because if, if you're in a climate of ungodliness and you are seeking to live a godly life, you are not to measure your godliness by the fact that you're a little ahead of those who don't know Christ. You're to measure your godliness by Christ himself and to passionately pursue him. That's why it's so important to be watching and praying. But back to the spiritual battle. If you look toward the end of the New Testament to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, there is a, a sober warning here. And it's right after one of those bumper sticker verses that we pull out of context so much. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That is a very true statement. He cares for you. We, we sang about his love for us, but, but let's read that in context. It, it, verse 5 ends, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care on him. Because he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant or watchful, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, just think about. The context of verse 7, cast all your care upon God, for he cares for you, and resist the devil because he hates you. There are two realities at work in the believer's life. That overwhelming sense that God loves me. He loved me enough to send his son as the sacrifice, as my substitute, as the substitutionary sacrifice for our sin. He loved us so deeply that he expressed his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But the other reality is just as real and just as true, and that is that Satan hates everything about Christ and everything about those who follow him. And he wants to bring you down. And so the picture here is, if you want to be lifted up, humble yourself before God. Don't get proud. The more visible you are, the more vulnerable you are. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He, he loves you. Cast, cast your care on him, for he cares for you. But be sober, be alert, be attentive, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, here's the picture from that passage. Satan is always praying, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. He's always lurking in the weeds and in the shadows, seeking whom he may devour. He was writing that to believers. He, he's saying, we're under attack. 
He's always P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. Therefore, we should always be P-R-A-Y-I-N-G. We have to be alert. We have to be aware. We have to be attentive. Because he will either try to discourage you or make you proud. Two things he uses the most are compliments and criticism. He'll either puff you up or bring you down. That's his goal. So in the context of the spiritual battle, it's so crucial that we watch with all perseverance, watching and praying, means praying with insight for God's intervention. Let's say you're at camp and you're in a position to to speak to someone about Christ. You do so behind enemy lines, don't you? You may be talking to someone that's been taken captive by the enemy who has blinded their eyes and and filled their life with strongholds that you can't tear down and you can't open their eyes. But as you enter into that spiritual battle of presenting Christ to them, you go there prayerfully watching and saying, Father, I go into this battle armed in your armor, carrying your sword, and trusting your Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. And that's where the victory comes. And so you enter humbly, and you leave the battlefield humbly in that moment, just as humble. You see, every week when I wake up on Sunday morning, It's as if I can smell the putrid breath of the enemy saying to me, who are you to preach the gospel? Who are you to encourage people to live for Christ? Who are you? And I I find myself having to remind myself I am a, I have this treasure in an earthen vessel or a clay pot that the glory would not be of me, but of him. But then I get up here and I preach. And it's almost just as real. Satan perhaps is extending his hand to help me off the steps saying, way to go, you did good. You probably could do that on your own. All your effort paid off. It's good. No. You enter humbly. You leave humbly. Because you're at war. And you've got to learn to hear the voice of the Lord and follow Him and not let anyone else tug on your flesh and deceive you. The 1980 Winter Olympics, 
I was amazed at a speed skater named Eric Hyden. I forget now how many gold medals he won. Uh, if I had my phone, I might be tempted to look it up. I think it was six. But but each race that he skated in, he he won, and he would sometimes win by several seconds, some by a split second. So I happened to be home from college that weekend, and and I was watching him skate with my dad there, and and I I asked my dad what what makes him so much better than the other speed skaters. Well, about that time, the commentator on the TV asked the same question. Now you need to understand how wise this commentator was. He was asked the same question I just asked. The other commentator answered both our questions without knowing it. He said, Eric Hyden is very disciplined and very attentive as he skates. And he has a great coach. And as he comes skating on the ice, he is able to drown out all the other voices and hear only the voice of his coach. And he does what his coach tells him to do and he always wins. Well, at that point, I was 20 years old. But lights began to come on for me. It, it really was a freeing moment for me. Because I saw a picture there that's never left my mind. My job, or my role, is not to do anything on behalf of God, but simply to to hear his voice through his word and then just repeat that to other people. And my effectiveness as a preacher would not come by my ability to speak, but my ability to hear. It it changed my whole perspective. I, I began to understand better John 10, 27, where Jesus said, my sheep know me. I know my sheep and they hear my voice, and they follow me. And that's the key to everything, especially in spiritual battle. Amidst all the voices that would shout in your mind, and there are so many today, we have so much access to just verbiage in our lives that's being thrown at us. Somewhere, somehow, we have to steal away in the presence of God and get a a fresh understanding from His Word, illuminated by the Holy Spirit in our hearts that we might live for Him in a world that really hates Him. Are you hearing His voice and following Him? Watch and pray. Always be alert, always be aware, and always be attentive. We would like to thank you for joining us for this message from First Baptist Church in Crockett, Texas. First Baptist desires to be a house of prayer with a heart for people, making a difference by making disciples from our neighborhood to the nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, please visit www.firstcrockett.org. 
Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you.